Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corbello Starks, a.k.a. Who That Nigga. And welcome to the world according to Starks. It is Friday the 8th, 2021 of October. And more importantly, I'm just going to make this really short and sweet, ladies and gentlemen, because there is no news like good news and there is no news like bad news. But more importantly, I digress on that situation because I save a lot of news on Facebook, even though I'm in Facebook jail. <clears throat> So, more importantly, here's something special for you people. I wanted to say this out loud. Ali is the most disgusting person. Mike Tyson reveals bombarding insights about Muhammad Ali. To Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali is a hero without whom Iron may have never laced up gloves professionally. The 55-year-old Tyson continues to idolize the greatest and has been emotionally severed times while recalling him. Hailing from two different eras, Ali and Tyson were two of the biggest heavyweight superstars of all time. Despite being compared frequently, Tyson and Ali had always displayed mutual respect. Even in the last years of Muhammad Ali, when he can barely speak and move. Tyson was still in his corner, however, the baddest man on the planet. Recently revealed the scenarios that turned Ali into a disgusting persona a few times. In a chat with Clarissa Shields on hot boxing, <clears throat> Mike Tyson analyzed Muhammad Ali's psychology. This came after Shields labeled Ali as a hero and inspiration behind taking up the sport. Mike Tyson said he is the most confident fighter that ever lived. You know, I studied him a lot and most of his fighting. As he got a little older, also was also psychology. You know, Ali would box his opponent. He would never think. Ali being is in the clinch, taking and talking about their mothers and sisters. I caught you sister around, and Ali is the most disgusting person when he is in the ring fighting. He said things so bad, the referee just said, I can't even tell you what he said. Tyson took over Ali's Lionheart aura and ejected it into his generation, but he did it in his own way. It is also said that Mike Tyson actually avenged Muhammad Ali's loss to Larry Holmes when he took out the Eastern Assassin in 1988. Thus, the Ali-Tyson bond goes deep into the roots of boxing. Back in interaction with Michael Rappaport, Mike Tyson shed tears while recalling the impact of Muhammad Ali on his life. He labeled Ali as a giant amongst men. In the past, the interviewer silently heard out Tyson draining his emotions. All these moments reflect how Mike Tyson has analyzed different sides of Muhammad Ali. Having interacted with the late legend in person, Tyson remains one of the most people who can say what it was like to being around Ali. No wonder it remains special to the fans. <clears throat> I gotta be honest with you. I may never met Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali up close and personal, but more importantly, I do think in their own way that Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali are one person in combined. I mean, hit harder, talk a lot of trash, play mind games. That's the kind of guy that, you know, with hit harder, swing harder, punch harder. That's the kind of thing that I like. And to be quite honest, it doesn't make any difference to me as long as it get the job done. And Tyson has done that. Mike Tyson is that man, Muhammad Ali, May he rest in peace is that man. And I don't say this very well or say this very much, but I got a respect for both fighters. And that's just how I feel about it. But anyway, on to other news. 
Dear White People EP done with Netflix over Dave Chappelle's new transphobic special, Comic Land, based by Glad for Ridiculing Trans and LGBTQ Communities, update. A day before Dave Chappelle Untitled documentary is set to screen at the Hollywood Bowl and the comedian is expected on stage, his Netflix special The Closer is generating a growing backlash over remarks about the trans and LGBTQ communities. Gender is a fact, Chappelle declares in the special which debuted on the streamer Tuesday. Every human being in this room, every human being on earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. He asked conspicuously, negating C-sections, which make up about a third of all births in America alone. That is a fact. Chappelle goes on to say before launching onto the anatomy line that trans women genitalia are not quite what it is. Chappelle also supported Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling's 2020 much-criticized tweets about the transgender community and exclaiming he is Team Turf. The acronym for Team Turf is Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Kicking off with an anti-Semitic swipe intended to outrage Chappelle's sixth Netflix special, also seeks to offer a contrast between rapper the baby's homophobic statements this summer and systematic racism. In our country, you can shoot and kill a nigga, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. The comedian says in reference to a 2018 incident involving the rapper at a Walmart in North Carolina that saw another man shot and later die. Years after years of Chappelle using the trans and LGBTQ communities in his stand-up, Glad Today threw a, drew a line in the digital sand. Dave Chappelle's brand has become synonymous with ridiculing trans people and other marginalized communities. Negative reviews and viewers loudly condemning his latest special is a message to the industry. The audience don't support platforming anti-LGBTQ diatribes. We agree. Okay. Before I get in trouble and say something about the trans community, let me just say like this. The LGBTQ community, I would say you're sensitive I would say that you're soft, but everything that you see here, TV, radio-wise, is not even about you, but instead you make it all about you, and it's not even funny for me, because every time when someone gets hurt, someone gets killed, a celebrity who is straight will always make a joke, and more importantly, certain people will laugh about it, and you got tears in your eyes. Can you please do me a very special favor? Stop being sensitive. It's just a few jokes. If you can't take the joke, then you can't take a dick out in your ass. As I'm just saying, straight up and down. It's ridiculous for me. It's ridiculous to everybody to stop what they're doing and listen to what the gay community has to say. Me, on the other hand, I won't say I'm a homophobic, I'm a transphobic, but here's a, here's a real situation. <clears throat> If you know a joke when it's coming, then take the joke and just laugh. That's all you got to do is just laugh, okay? As far as I'm concerned, laughter is the best medicine. And unfortunately for the LGBTQ community, you need a lot of laughter for medicine. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <sighs> I hope that makes sense because, unfortunately, for some reason, I'm definitely not homophobic. Elvira actress Cassandra Peterson comes out. 
In her memoir, Cassandra Peterson, better known as Elvira, the mistress of the dark herself, opens up about her 19-year-old long relationship with a woman. Elvira, mistress of the dark, may have but one lover, the dark, but the woman who plays her, Cassandra Peterson, is another story. In her memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, which can't, comes out today, the iconic horror movie star and host opens up about her 19-year-old relationship with a woman. It's a big get for the LGBTQIA community. Elvira, a goddamn national treasure at this point, has inspired legions of fans and admirers for her to love horror movies, double entendres, and the great pride she takes in her own cleavage. But apparently, she meets people just like everyone else at the gym often, and I was doing my pre-workout warm-up on the treadmill. I couldn't help noticing one particular trainer, tan, tattooed, muscular. Stalking across the gym floor, Nick Cat pulled so low over his brown hair and then it nearly covered his eyes. Peterson writes in yours cruelly, dark and brooding, he gave all such intense energy that when he crossed the enormous gym floor, the waters parted and people stopped in their tracks to stare. As it would turn out, though, this wasn't a he at all, but rather a she, Teresa T. Wearson. Peterson and T become close friends, but after Peterson's 25-year marriage to Mark Pearson ended, the connection deepened. One rainy night, T came to Peterson's house in desperate need of help. There on the doorstep stood my trainer T holding a trash bag full of her belongings, looking sad and beragged, and she'll split from her longtime partner, spent some time in rehab, and now had no place to go. The two moved in together, which is when the Mistress of the Dark made a surprising move. I think I was even more surprised, she writes. What the hell was I doing? I'd never been interested in women as anything other than friends. I felt so confused. That's just, this just wasn't me. I was stunned, and I'd been friends with her for so many years and never noticed our chemistry. I soon discovered that we connected sexually in a way I'd never experienced. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is now a lesbian. And more importantly, she has a love of her life who is also a trainer. Now, I have been a fan of uh I have been a fan of hers for a very long time and you know, I watch every time. Every time we see her on TV and all of a sudden like boom. That is somebody that you definitely love the most. And more importantly, I love Elvira. I mean, after all, it is what it is sometimes. And shoot. Next up with the news. Dailyvoice.com. Beloved, beloved, New Jersey Starbucks manager dies at 34. Stephanie Canfield dies suddenly on September 16th at the age of 34 years old. Loved ones announced on GoFundMe.com a cause of death was not released. Campfield, a mother of three, managed Trenton's only Starbucks since it opened in 2017. She was remembered on a fundraiser as an integral part of the city. The Patterson native was known for organizing musical events and featured artists throughout the tri-state area, participating in park cleanups and conditioning and coordinating toy drives, according to GoFundMe organization and Campfield's sister-in-law, Felicia Phillips. She is survived by her husband, Ashkar Canfield and daughters Brianna 19, Camera 4, and Karis 3. That is some sad shit, by the way. 
I never thought of it that way, but that is some sad shit. In other news, Dancing with the Stars and the Real Housewives of Atlanta fans are fuming after seeing the judges' scores for Kenya Whore. I mean, Kenya Moore, my bad. Well, she is a whore, but, you know, who want more? The Real Housewives of Atlanta star Kenya Moore is giving it all for season 30 of Dancing with the Stars, but fans don't think the judges' scores match up with what she's delivering in the ballroom. For the second week of the ABC dancing competition show, Kenya returned to the dance floor with pro Brian Armstrong to perform a cha-cha set to Donna Summer's Hot Stuff. Kenya twirled around in a hot pink halter dress that looked like a bottle of Pepto-Bismol in case she would get constipated over the shit, enjoying herself. Their fiery number ended with the TV personality's beaming smile and red balloons coming down. Right there and then, Dancing with the Stars judge Bruno Tonali, Tony Ellie, felt compelled to stand up and tell Kenya that she was simply irresistible and exceptional. Carrie Ann Enba mentioned that she didn't find a rhythm until the second half of the routine, but when she did, it was amazing and powerful. Len Goodman and Derek Huff continued the compliments, but pointed out that she needs to be more consistent in the end. The duel earned the score of 24 out of 40. But after seeing Kenya and Brandon receive a lower score than in the premiere, folks on Twitter immediately went off. These judges bugging with the scores. Hashtag dancing with the scars, my homegirl. Kenya definitely deserved more than this last round. One person wrote, Kenya was so beautiful to watch. Them judges can tell me she deserved them weak scores. How about be fair? Ugh. Another added, judges did Kenya dirty on the scores. A different fan said, I think those scores were kind of low and Kenya and Brandon were flawless, a follower commented. Folks also compared her scores to WWE wrestler The Miz and actor Brian Austin Green's dances. The Miz and his partner pro Whitney Carlson hit the floor for the tango. The judges complimented him on his controlled energy and he got a higher score than Kenya, 26 out of 40. Meanwhile, Brian and pro girlfriend Sharna Burgess did the rumba and were awarded 23 out of 40 for their score, a point lower than Kenya's. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a fan of Kenya Moore, y'all really need to shut up. I mean, well, that's some crazy shit. I mean, seriously, just because they gave her a low score doesn't mean you start crying crocodile tears. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Shut the fuck up, Kenya Moore fans. Why don't you just go eat her ass and her twat at the same fucking time? It's ridiculous. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is the world according to Starks, the podcast. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming out with new, new episodes. I might do another one Saturday night, but if it's possible, I might come back on Sunday. It all depends. So on behalf of everybody here, I'm myself, the world according to Starks. I'm Corbella Starks, a.k.a. Who That Nigga. I will see you and you will hear from me maybe Saturday night. Who knows?